another day. All right, let's ride. kind of good well i'm feeling a little bit better man as soon as i got in the car my bluetooth connected and the sugar hill by az came on if you don't know that you need to go learn your hip-hop and then right after that diplomatic community from the diplomats came on so it helped me smooth into my transition before i did this podcast number 52 no playing this ride blackout because my team's lost like i said jacksonville lost they got blue the fuck out and then my Bears lost in a close game. They almost got the hell made, but it didn't work out. But neither here nor there. I'm in a decent mood. I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about the Beat Hip Hop Awards, the shop with LeBron James and Drake, a little bit about what's going on in Jacksonville, Florida, my hometown, NBA opening week, and some things going on in San Diego, like one thing going on in San Diego. Then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this uh, Logic album that came out that I suppose had been spoke to you guys about a long time ago. But I'm going to start it off with saying I'm not trying to talk about any real, real politics today. Like, I don't always get into it. I don't like to think of myself as some type of political commentator because I'm nowhere near that. I just be talking shit as a black person. So that's really it. That's how I feel about what's going on based on my experience dealing with people and just hearing what people got to say. That's all I really do. So I'm going to try to keep it light with that. Actually, I'm going to keep it super light. I only got two things with directly relating to anything going on in D.C. Mitch McConnell was at a restaurant in uh, Kentucky, and he got heckled. That's it. And if you don't know who Mitch McConnell is, you need your ass whooped, but Mitch McConnell is the majority leader for the on the Republican side of the House. So if you ever see the guy on TV with the glasses and the fucking turkey neck, that's Mitch McConnell. That's who that is. So he's, he's a guy with a lot of power, but apparently somebody in Kentucky, I think it was Louisville, saw him at a restaurant and decided they didn't like him and they wanted to say negative things about him and shit, which, which I'm not in disagreement with. I mean, they, they are people too. They got jobs and they got to do their jobs and they had their views, whatever. So I don't, and the man's with his wife and I, I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I don't necessarily like the guy from what I'm seeing and from policies he's backed and things he said, but the man's with his wife, man, leave him alone. Just hit him with an email, do something. Vote. That's what you can do. Matter of fact, yeah, fucking vote. Because I'm trying to get home so I can watch the debate that's going on in Florida. Um, Andrew Gilliman, that other asshole in Florida. It's at 8 p.m. on CNN if you back home in Florida. If y'all with me on this West Coast, cuz, it's going to be at 5 p.m. on CNN. I don't know why I'm telling y'all that when y'all going to hear this shit tomorrow. But that's my goal. Yeah, I said it like I was broadcasting live. Anyway, yeah, that's what my goal is trying to get on so I don't miss all of that shit. But I'm going to hit you guys with that real quick. And I just think it's interesting that People are this pissed off. And this is white people. I ain't, and I ain't, you know, I don't try to do the race thing. I do it every time. I don't want to get too deep into the race thing with this, but like, it's great to see white people angry with some of the shit I'm angry with. It makes me feel like I'm not crazy. I'm not just being this, you know, super duper pro black guy, which I, I really am. I'm really pro black. I'm just not anti white pro black. I'm just like pro black, but love everybody pro black. But anyway, it's glad to see other people pissed off at the same shit I'm pissed off at. 
And it's good to see white people mad about shit. It's good to see y'all act out so everybody can't say it's just us. It's just us. No, it's not. It's everybody. Everybody just pissed off. It just gets highlighted when we do it. But I will say good, good on this man for not putting his hands on him and not getting hands put on him. The restaurant put out a statement. Mitch McConnell and them definitely put out a statement about crazy people on the left going, having antics and having tantrums and shit like that. As you knew they were going to do. But that's basically what happened with that. And then some journalist, I don't know. I'm not going to call him some journalist. Jamal, last name I forgot. There's a big issue with this man being killed over and over by the Saudis. Apparently, it happened. They're like, yeah, it, my bad. It was a mistake. He wasn't supposed to die, but he died. And when you're rich and a motherfucking die, and you can say, my bad, you a bad motherfucker. I don't agree with the man getting killed, obviously, but you got a lot of stroke. Well, you can just say, my bad, because a motherfucker got killed. I didn't even read no more until the article I saw. I just saw that he said it was a mistake. And I was like, this shit's going to blow over. There's no way in hell they're going to press this any further. It's just going to be like, oh, he said it was a mistake. That's it. And it's going to blow over with everything else in the news. I just thought that that was a, uh, that's a check right there. It's like a power check or like a heat check when you're on the basketball court and you feel like you, you open and you've been knocking them down. Bang, bang. Somebody passed you the ball. And you just and you miss one. That's ah, a mistake. My bad. I'll get back to it. I'll be all right. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I'm going to use that to qualify for my little bit of international news because guess what? It is international goddamn news. Now, I wanted some shit happened over here by me out here in sunny San Diego, Southern California. A man got shot at a liquor store in uh, the Mountain View neighborhood. I don't know what it was about, but liquor stores at night, dangerous places. If it's not a BevMo or a Total Wine, depending on where you are geographically, man, it's probably not a safe place to be at a liquor store at night. Now, I'm not saying that it was that guy's fault he was shot. I'm just saying he was in a situation where danger happens, and unfortunately he was got shot. The suspect, black man, hoodie, baggy jeans. Some things never change, unfortunately. And um, I want to talk about my hometown real quick, man. Listen. I love my city. I do. I love Jacksonville, Florida. And I get mad every day that I'm not there. Things go on that I can't be a part of. But there are times where I'm glad I'm not there. And the situation that happened today during the Jaguar game was ridiculous. I'm not talking about the one that's on the video going viral. I'm going to talk about that shit later on. That's funny. But the one I am going to talk about is the shooting that happened. And apparently there was a drive-by and six people got hit. We had 100 murders right already in Jacksonville and I don't know if any of these people died yet I haven't gone back and been able to look at the store and see what's cracking with it but we had a hundred I don't know what it is in the city that's driving all this it's not hot right now usually in the summertime it's when people are out but people are mad because it's hot and then all that beef that was hibernating over the winter people come on out and then shit gets cracking I don't know what's leading to this I don't know if this is in retaliation to something I have no clue what's going on. Like I said, I'm not there. But this shit got to stop, bro. Like, we want the city to grow. And when you're from Jacksonville, the one thing, well, two things we hate is people from this, not from there living there and talking shit about the city and then not moving. Like, if you don't want to be there, get your ass up out of there. We there for a reason. We love it. Like, I moved because of my job. I didn't want to leave. It just things that come with the gig. I had to roll. 
But for people there who love it there, it's irritating to hear people shit on the city all the time. It's like the same thing. People always shit on the Jaguars. You don't like the fucking team, don't root for them. You don't like the city, move your ass up out of there. Simple. But this would be a reason for someone like me who has a family to be cautious about going back. Now, I'm going to say I would hope that I wouldn't be in a situation where violence is going to occur. But you never know. To be honest, you never know where it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, who it's going to happen to, and who's going to do it. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. You never know. But I would like to feel like I would be able to put myself, myself, excuse me, in a situation where violence is less likely to happen to me and my family. Now, I, I know if I'm back in the city, I'm going to be in the streets. Not in the streets doing dumb shit, but I'm going to be rolling around old neighborhoods I used to go to, places I ain't been in a long time. I'm going to be out there in the streets doing what I do, hanging out, kicking it, whatever, riding dolo all the time. That's if I get back home. But... I feel like I move in a way and with a certain respect that I give out to people around me that I shouldn't cause any violent interactions to happen between me and somebody else. That doesn't mean like you won't get caught in a random situation like this, what happened with these people. They were there minding their own business, somebody came through, shot them up. Things have been happening like this for like a while now. And then my in my old apartment complex, shout out to Abington Square, the atrium, whatever it's called now. I spent a good chunk of my childhood there, some of my adulthood there, and then found out that this dude stabbed up his old lady over there. It's, it's wild. I'm like, what the hell is going on? The area I grew up in, Arlington, seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. And it leads me to believe that maybe 10 years down the line, there's a big change coming through there. And I, I, I even stretch it out. I say maybe 20 years down the line, there's going to be a big change. And that change we're talking about is gentrification because... Even the neighborhood that I grew up in is starting to fall off. A lot of people who lived there were older people. And those, those houses went to kids. These kids ain't maintaining their houses the same way. Like when I was growing up in the you know 90s, lawns were mowed every goddamn day. Well, not every day, but every week them lawns were getting mowed. Everybody's lawn was mowed, well, manic well manicured and all that shit. Everything was neat. Like I was out there raking up pine needles and shit. And bagging, and bagging up grass because my pops, at the time, I didn't realize he was trying to teach me, hey, we got a house, we got to maintain it. But who wants to do that in an area where it looks bad? If you're trying to maintain yours and everybody else saying maintaining theirs, it's going to look bad. People are going to move and other people are going to come in there and buy it up. And the next thing you know, shit's getting torn down, rebuilt, and then you can't afford to live there. And what things going on in Jacksonville right now was like, you got to know people are looking at it like, I don't know if I want to be here any longer or I don't know if I want to come there. We're going to lose people. And I want people to stay there. I want the city to grow. I think the city has a lot to offer. They're trying to de develop and build stuff up. But the unfortunate thing is, is that the violence travels. The violence travels because there's nothing to do on certain sides of town where violence is, um, I won't say nestled, but certain areas where People are prone to violence. In order for them to escape that and go out, they have to go out all over the city. And sometimes those problems travel with them. And I'm assuming that's that's the same in every major city where violence is a problem. It's just, damn, when you want to see the city grow, the way it goes is people leave the area and stop going there because there's violence there. People stop putting money into it. And that's not something we want to see in that city. We want it to grow 
and be vibrant the way it should given this location, if that makes any sense. And we just want to be safe because people fucking live there. Like, I would love to live, go back and live the rest of my days there. But the things that are going on now is making me look at it like, I don't know. It's like, I, it, there's things I have to consider. But I'm still like at 99.9%. When it's all said enough for me, I'm going to be back there doing my thing. At least that is a personal goal of mine. Duval County, let's get our shit together and stop killing one another and start building the city up. Now, another Jacksonville, Florida news, unfortunately, my old high school, Terry Parker, there was an investigation done by the FBI, and the teacher there, I think is, you pronounce his last name, Shummel, Jordan Shummel, was found to be distributing child pornography. And this is disturbing. Even though it's a high school and those kids are older or whatever, in my brain, they're still children, and you had a child molester, like, inside the walls of this institution supposed to protect children and that's scary because you don't know what this guy was doing like my mind started racing like was this guy setting up cameras was he doing whatever because not only was he indulging in the viewing of child pornography he was attempting to distribute it like i don't give a damn if it was one picture one video or one whatever you having it and then trying to distribute it makes you twice as worse in my book maybe Maybe it's just me. Maybe I just don't like people fucking around with kids. I feel like any uh, level-headed person would feel the same way. I'm not going to equate this to the, you know, LGBT. I don't know what else the rest of that alphabet is to the acronym. I don't know what else goes with that. But LBGT, I'm not going to equate the child molesting shit, the pedo, whatever you want to call it. I'm not justifying that shit. I don't give a fuck how it's classified as you being sick. That is a dysfunction. That is a dysfunction of your brain. There's something wrong with you, and if you fall, find yourself falling into that, you need to get help immediately. I have no tolerance for that shit. I don't care about you being gay. I don't care about you being bi. I don't care about you being lesbian, trans, whatever. I don't care about none of that shit. I don't care. You an adult. You do what the fuck you want to do. Don't don't pay my bills. It don't what's the butter my biscuits. It don't it don't make my bacon. Whatever, however you want to put it. None of that shit matters to me. But you start fucking with kids, we got a problem. We got a dead serious problem. And with this guy, I'll, maybe he was a, a good guy on the surface, but like I always say, I hope you get the worst punishment possible. I wish they had scarlet letters to put on people like you when you go to jail so everybody else in there knows you're either a, a woman beater, a rapist, or a child molester. Just brand it on your forehead, man. That's just how I feel. That, that's me. And Maybe I'm condoning another crime being committed inside the walls of uh, of the criminal justice system, or however you want to put it. I'll take that. I'll wear that. I'm fine with that. But I'm not going to support that bullshit. Get help, man. But Get help before you get hurt, because the wrong motherfucker going to catch you, and people like you, Jordan Schimmer, are going to be in fucking trouble. And I feel bad that my old high school has to deal with this shit, but it is what it is, man. Let's uh, Let's get it together, players. I just made myself mad. I'm going I'm going to move on from that. NBA opening week. It was cool. I watched a couple of games. I watched um the Lakers play. Oh shit, I forgot who they played. Damn. Anyway, I watched the Lakers game, forgetting completely who they played. And the one thing I I saw is that they're missing the three-point shooting. I think uh I want to say Josh Hart hit the first three, 
But it was it's weird one seeing LeBron in the Laker jersey. I know they've been showing it everywhere, but it's weird to actually see him like in the in the Laker jersey, like for real, for real. It, it just it it felt weird. But I did like the effect he kind of had on the team, like he moved the ball, especially seeing Rondo out there. And I'll talk about Rondo later. But to see what Rondo was able to do on the court, as far as moving the ball and distributing and put people in place. I'm glad for once to see him do that on the team I like because I'm a huge fan of his skill set. Like I always say, that that game, that being able to do a lot of things from the point guard position, I love that game. And if I can have any game, that'd be the, the type of NBA player I want to be, somebody like Rondo, somebody like Magic, somebody like that. I just like the way they're able to control stuff. But it, it was cool. I got to see Boston and um, Philly play, and Boston is fucking for real. Like I don't know if I said this on the last podcast. I may have done it, but Boston is fucking real. And Philadelphia has been getting their legs back up under them since that. I think they beat my Bulls and they beat somebody else. Speaking of my Bulls, like, I feel like we got sold a fucking lot. And this is why I was so mad when the signings came down. Like, I, I want Jabari Parker to do well. I want Zach Levine to do well on a human on a human level. As a basket, On a basketball level, I don't want them on my fucking team. That's just how I feel. Like, I know they're both young guys, both talented guys. And I, I, I may take that back for Jabari Parker because he's from Chicago and he does a lot of good things in the community. So I, I may take that back. But that's a lot of bad ACLs to have on one team that are going to um, cover the scoring load. Now, Zach Levine has been scoring points in losing efforts. Maybe you go a different direction. I just feel like they paid him too much goddamn money. I really feel like they paid him too much money and I'd rather see us develop more than spend that much money on one player who really hasn't done anything, who's coming off an injury after only playing 14 games last season. I don't feel like he's going to propel us into the playoffs. And I'm giving it some time. I know um, Lori's out right now. I know Markin is out. I want to see what Wendell Carter does, but I just don't like seeing the Bulls lose, especially when I know they paid a lot of money for these fucking players. I understand locking them up. I get that. You want to you wanna keep them on the team for a little bit. But, man, at some point, I feel like we got to look at what is it worth? Who's going to be a free agent next year? Who can we get? Who's coming out to drag? Can we build organically? If he wants to roll, let him roll. If he wants to extort Sacramento for fucking $80 million, let Sacramento deal with that shit. He's going to the West. He's not going nowhere. Not on that team. I'd let him roll. But, hey. We'll see. Hopefully our rookies develop. Hutchison and Wendell Carter Jr., I want them to develop. And Markin, of course, he's doing his thing. He played well. So we'll see, man. But I'm upset with my Bulls right now. The Lakers is a work in progress. I do like Rondo starting in place of Alonzo for right now. I feel like it's going to take a lot of pressure off Alonzo while he tries to develop his game and um, work on his jumper and fully heal from his knee issue. I don't know what they're going to do in the future as far as the rest of the season with him starting, but it's interesting to see what's going on. I was probably wrong about Rondo and LeBron stifling their development. They're probably going to help it out a lot. My apologies for being wrong. But still, I want to see what's going to happen. Now, I'm going to go ahead and get right to it since I, I kind of glossed over it. The suspensions came down recently for... um for Rondo, CP3, and Brandon Ingram for the the scuffle they got into. And Chris Paul got suspended for two games. 
Rondo got three and Brandon Ingram got four. I guess it's because he initiated everything. And apparently Rondo did spit in Chris Paul's face, which is weird because it's going to put a strain, if it hasn't already, on the relationship between him and LeBron with uh, LeBron and Chris Paul being so close. I feel like that's kind of a weird spot for him to be in. And I don't know how you explain that to Chris Paul. I guess you just deal with it and wait for the offseason. They're professionals. They make millions of dollars. But I hope, as a Laker fan, it does not affect the chemistry on the court because we need that to work. They're talking about the Lakers going to the playoffs. Well, I don't know. I didn't see the fight video. I don't think I care to look at it as of right now. I just don't like seeing players get into it like that, especially big-name players and shit. Like, it just it makes me feel a certain type of way. And it's physical. The game's physical. There's going to be contact. But I guess it went a little bit too far. And people wasn't feeling that shit, and then they came to blows. You hate to see it. A lot of players going to be missing uh, from these two teams. And, and both these teams need all these people. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. And speaking of sports confrontations, Eric Reed and Malcolm Jenkins had a little thing going on. Apparently Malcolm Jenkins, in the eyes of Eric Reed, kind of hijacked the movement that Kaepernick started and he used it to get funding for his own little his own situation and he didn't appreciate it so he got asked about it and he voiced his opinion he didn't feel too highly of Malcolm Jenkins and then at the at this at the pregame when they're on the field I guess Malcolm Jenkins approached him to speak to him about it and it didn't go right I guess I think Tory Smith had to separate him and they asked Eric Reed how he felt about Malcolm Jenkins after the game, and he basically called the man a sellout. I was like, damn, that's kind of – those are strong words, strong words. And then they asked Malcolm Jenkins, and he was like, I'm not going to say anything negative about the man. So one took the high road. The other one said how he felt. Only time will tell how this relationship will go. But I will say we need both of these men as a black person with them – shining a positive light on what's going on. Eric Reed's, uh his statement is a little bit more blunt, a little more direct. And Malcolm Jenkins, his is a little bit more polished. And it all depends, man, on what you like and what you want to hear. And Eric Reed is easy for me to digest, Malcolm Jenkins as well, but I'm thinking about that message going outward. The people, is it going to turn more people off coming from Eric Reed? What are you saying? Who knows? Like, it's just, it's so blunt. It, it can offend people, and you should be offended. Because it's fucked up what's going on out here. And it takes a person like that sometimes to speak up on shit to get people to pay attention to it. And then, uh, what else did I have? Um, I'm going to get straight into the music. That's what I'm going to do. Um, that's what I was going to do. No more sports. Oh, yeah, I had one more thing about football. Apparently, Amy Schumer, the comedian turned down Super Bowl ads in support of Colin Kaepernick. I wouldn't have saw this coming a mile away. I didn't know her to be uh, woke like that or involved, but she told her people, hey, I'm not doing no ads for the Super Bowl in support of Cap. I don't know why she did it. I don't think it's really going to affect her financially at all because she can't miss the money she never had. I'm pretty sure she's doing well anyway, but she chose to to make a stand, she she also stated that she didn't understand why more white players weren't kneeling with their brothers. She was like, if you see the injustice going on and you don't 
protest where you don't say anything in contrary or or pro I guess the word is protest, you are complicit. There you go, coming straight from Amy Schumer. And she's also supposed to be trying to get Maroon 5 to pull out of the Super Bowl halftime performance in support of Kaepernick as well, which I think is fucking huge. Just to show the NFL how she really feels, but she may not even be a fan. It may be easy for her to do. And she even said it may seem like a privileged-ass thing to do, but it's all I got. You got to respect it, man. If somebody's coming to your age, you ain't really in a situation or in a predicament where you can dictate where it's coming from and be an asshole about it. You just got to accept it. So shout out to Amy Schumer for speaking up, using her voice to say what's on her goddamn mind. Now, let me dive into this music thing real quick. Album review real quick. Logic, his album, YSV, Young Sinatra. I'm not completely sure what the acronym stands for. I'm a, I'm a Logic fan, but I'm not that deep into what he's got going on to understand what YISV is. But that's the name on the album. I got a few tracks on here I like. In my opinion, man, if you like um hip-hop music, but like hip-hop, hip-hop, like Jesus Merrill say on the Bodega Boys podcast, this is that hip-hop, hip-hop shit. This is that boom-bap rap, breakbeat raps, and that's what he's doing the whole, the whole fucking album. I like it because I'm a rap nerd like that. So I'm going to give you my rating on this Logic album real quick. My favorite songs on it so far, Ordinary Day, Wu-Tang Forever features the whole goddamn Wu-Tang Clan. Then he has a song called Thank You. That's the intro. And this, this song is dope. It sets the pace for the album, of course, being the intro. But one thing he did that was dope and was kind of a cheat code is that he played recordings of the fans that he has. And I don't know if they called him or left him messages somewhere, some number he probably set up. But they called in and left messages, and he put that on the first song at the end of the first song. And I thought that was dope. And it was smart that he didn't put it, like, in the middle of the song so he could listen to that shit all the way through. Or at the beginning of the song. He put it at the end of the song. So if you get tired of hearing it as you listen to the album, you want to get past it. Once the song's over, you can just skip it. So I appreciate him doing that because I may not always be in the mood to sit there and listen to thank yous going to somebody else. I'm just saying, being honest. So thank yous, pretty dope. I already said Ordinary Day, Wu-Tang Forever. Uh, the Glorious Five is good. They almost broke my top three favorite songs on here. But my third favorite song is Legacy. Smart, well thought out. I like it. The other song is Everybody Dies, also dope. That's my number two song on the joint. And my favorite song on the album so far is The Return. This is on my second listen, so it may change. But for right now, that's my favorite, man. If I had to give it out of five stars, I gave it four. And I'm going to tell you why right now. For me, on the thumbs up side, on the, on the up check, as some of my military folks say, it's hip-hop, hip-hop, man. It's good lyrics, good beat selection. I dig it, man. The tempo of the album was good. I dug it. Like, the whole album, he's just kind of going in. Boom. And the last, not the last thing, the thing I didn't like, my bad, was that don't rap so fast that I can only hear the syllables. If you're going to rap fast, that's cool. I'm not expecting everybody to be Kendrick Lamar and rap fast, and I can be able to hear you and hang on to the words. But don't rap so fast that all I can hear is the syllables you're rhyming. I want to hear the word. Because when you rap that fast to me, it sounds like you ain't saying shit. Or what you're saying is so unimportant that I don't really need to hear it. Like, I'm the type of person, I want to hear the lyrics. I want to be able to, to dig into the meaning of the song. 
and I want them to mean something depending on the artist I'm listening to. Just let me throw that out there. But I thought it was a really good album, so I gave it four out of five stars in my little bum-ass rating system. But don't rap so fast that people can't hear what you're saying. So if you're a rap nerd like me, I think you'll dig it. Check it out. Um, and if you're new to rap music, or if you don't listen to rap music that much, I still think you can get something from this. It's not like Lupe where you need to be able to to just dive in, you, where you need to be able to, to listen to some albums before you dive in. It ain't like that. I feel like you can pick this up if it's your first Logic album. You won't get all the Young Sinatra references and all that, but you will understand what he's saying for the most part because he speaks in plain English. It's universal. It's not so coded with slang that you won't get what's going on like a lot of rap music is. There's so much slang on it. You coming from the outside, you wouldn't really be able to understand what's going on. This is like all plain English, universal. It's a gift to be able to do that, to be able to communicate. Code switch, maybe is the word. This is like a universal code. It's music, beats, lyrics, that's it. It's dope, though. Check it out. So that's Logic, Y-S-V. Y-I-S-V, I keep messing it up. Pretty good album, though. In other music news, it's music-ish news, it's the BET Hip Hop Awards. So I watched it this year, not thinking I would, and it, it got better. D-Ray did a good job hosting the awards this year. Uh, I liked what he did at the end of the show, where he like best host ever on the back of his jacket. He made some jokes. The crowd is getting better. The people showing up to be a part of the awards to me is getting better. I like DJ Khaled being around for it again this year. I think for me to see some of the same people there on a regular basis to me it will make it more familiar and give you more reason to tune into it that's just my personal thing for an award show it's like hey we if we control this if this is BT and this hip-hop award show we control it all man let's make it as comfortable as possible for hip-hop heads to look at the show and I didn't like the little spoof they did about the Joe Button podcast I thought it was weak but I do like the fact that the Joe Button podcast got spoofed because that means it's relevant. It's popping. They're doing their thing. So I do like that aspect of it. But the spoof I thought was kind of weak, in my opinion. They could have done If you're going to do it, go all out and do better. Like you weren't smoking a cigarette. You weren't hollering. You weren't spilling drinks and shit. If you're going to do a spoof for the podcast, you know, you should probably listen to the goddamn podcast some more and get the nuances down. You could have got a white guy to play Rory as well. That would have worked out a whole hell of a lot better. If you ask me, that's it. But it, overall, it was a good show. I like Lil Duval performing and closing out the show. I, I thought that was dope, man. It's good to see Lil Duval blow up like he did, man. From seeing him back on Comic View back in the day to just being a funny dude in the background to getting his platform cracking, I think it's dope. He's from the city. So big ups to him for him doing this thing, man. The one thing about the BT Hip Hop Awards I really want to talk about is the Cypress. Cypress this year were pretty goddamn good. Pretty good. If I could rank them all, let me see. Let me see. I think the last one I liked the most. So I'll do this. The last one with all the boys from uh, Chicago and Nick Grant. So Vic Mensa, Nick Grant, somebody whose name I forgot. He's dope. He looks like Chance the Rapper a little bit. He looks a lot like Chance the Rapper. And there's another guy, I can't remember his name, but he was, oh, Herbo. Yeah, Herbo, Vic Mensa, Nick Grant, Herbo, and this other cat. The other guy was dope, though. 
I'm sorry I don't remember his name, but he was he was dope. So that's my that's my favorite one. The second one was one the one on where Erica Badu was the DJ, all the females, the um with Bree Steves, uh I don't know the other girl's name. I think it's Nalim, Nalam, Nilam. Oh, it was I wanna say it sounds rooted in Islam is the name. But she was dope, super dope. The girl from Alabama was dope. And um the girl from where was she from? The first the first woman to rap. This bald lady, I don't know her name. I didn't know she was dope. They all did their thing. It was it was a pretty good sight all around. I put that at number two. My third one, I would say, would be the one with Casanova and uh the guy from the guy from T D E who I didn't recognize. Then there's a dude named Flawless. Then Fora, I think, and there's a cat from Philly. But that was like my that's that's my third favorite. It was pretty good. It's pretty good. I wish I could have heard more of Casanova was saying, but they had to edit all that shit out because you know, Casanova two times is Casanova two times. He gonna do what he do. But I liked it. Um, and then the fourth one will be the first one they showed. And I thought this is gonna be my favorite one of the night until I saw all the rest of them. But YBN Corday, I think that's how you say his name. And the dude Tobey, I can't pronounce his last name. Ngue, I think it's what it is. Then the dude Duckworth. All killed that shit. They all did their thing. But and this is a go get my belt junior. No, fuck it. BET Hip Hop Awards. Whoever controls the cipher, go get my motherfucking belt. Y'all know good and goddamn well that y'all should not have put Block Boy JB in the cipher at fucking all. This man did not belong on the stage with these guys at all. In no way, shape, or form. I don't want to see him in the background. I don't want to see him behind the DJ booth. And I damn sure don't want to hear him rap next to these gentlemen who were in that room. That was fucking ridiculous. You got these, you got the one guy, the YBN dude, who's obviously, you know, I'm say he's a street guy, but he has some content to what he's saying, and it was a dope rap. He goes first. Tobey, who's all over Facebook doing his Sunday sessions and shit, he's dope and he's woke. Great. Duckworth, my first time hearing him, he was dope. Got some wokeisms in there. Like, I don't know what I want to say. He's all the way woke, but he's dope. And then you got Blockboy JB, who came on there with some bullshit. And you can see, if you guys are familiar with watching the BT Hip Hop Awards, when they do the cyphers, and if you don't know what the cypher is, that's basically when the DJ's in the background, cuts on the beat, and people just rap over it. There's no real structure to it. There's no chorus. They just, one guy goes, or one girl goes, and the next person up goes, and then it's over with. So the three guys go before him, and you can see when all three of these guys are rapping, the guys are in the background nodding their head to the beat. You can see some guys doing the ad-libs and just acting out what some other guys are doing in the raps because they have to shoot it. It's like any other video. There's different takes they got to do, and then they piece it together and put it out. Boom. But you can tell in every shot they had of this dude, Blockboy JB, the disappointment from the other guys in the group. Like, damn. Damn. They just sit back there, like, trying to get into it. Like, if you ever seen somebody trying to rap and they homeboy is behind them and he's really not into what the guy is saying, he's just kind of like, nah, just saying, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurry up and be finished. That's kind of what it was. 
if you go back to that old um the double XL where they had they had um little Yachty, little Uzi Vert, Kodak Black. If you look in the background, you'll see Denzel Curry, who's a good artist by the way. His album's pretty good too. It's called Black Balloons. Um He's in the back. No, what's it called? It's not called Black Balloons. I'll get back to you with the title of that Denzel Curry album because I really like it. Have a listen to it in a minute. But it's dope. It's dope. But the guy's in the background kind of nodding his head just like, okay, I'm just waiting for the shit to be over with. And that's what happened to poor uh, Blockboy JB. That man had no business being there in that setting surrounded by those guys trying to rap, man. It was terrible. Like, out of all the ciphers that happened in BET, for the BET Hip Hop Awards, he unanimously, what's the word? Unanimously, how, come I, how can I not say the word unanimous? <laughs> he unanimously had the worst one, and I'm still not sure I said that word right, but he definitely had the worst fucking verse of the night, if that helps. It was trash. Don't ever let that man get on the stage and rap with those people again. The crazy part of it is, when you really look at the music industry, because of uh, alliances and people who produce certain songs know the song's going to be hit before it comes out, he's on one of the most popular songs in the country right now because him and Drake are on the same song. So he got a feature from Drake. And that shows you kind of the bullshit I be talking about in hip-hop, where the guy who works hard writing every line Make, make sure he's going back, make sure the lines line up on the paper, the tempo is correct, the flow is good, there's content within the verses, all that. The guy was busting his ass writing that shit, and it may not fit the the, the little 16 bar or like 8 or 12 bars people are rap, really rapping right now, and with the stupid ass chorus that, that you can remember because it's really simple, the guy who's busting his ass to make music that actually has meaning to it isn't going to get that look. Not from Drake, not right now. The guy's gonna make the song that's gonna be on the radio. He's gonna get that feature from Drake when his album's coming out. And I blame one person for that, and it's Kendrick Lamar. And I think because Kendrick Lamar got on the Drake song, on the Drake album, right? So Buried Alive on um on the Take Care album, that's a Kendrick Lamar song on Drake's album. And him being on that song had to elevate him. And I think that Drake learned his lesson kind of like, okay, I'm competition to these guys, not just the guy putting them on. I doubt he's going to put on anybody that can actually be in the spot where they can compete with him. So G thanks Kendrick Lamar. So now Drake's on, Drake's on shows with all these people who will never compete with him. I can call them trash. I'm going to say people that never compete, like Little Baby, Why Is That Your Name, and um, Black Boy JB. So even though he had the most trash verse, of all the BT Hip Hop Awards show this year and probably next year too, he'll probably have the worst verse. He got he's the only one of those people for the song that's only on the top top 100 list right now, more than likely. So that's a little bit of craziness for your ass. And speaking of Drake, man, I almost forgot about it. There's an episode of The Shop, and if you're not familiar what The Shop is, it's a show that LeBron James has on HBO, where him and famous people go sit in the barbershop and they talk about stuff. And I heard about it. Um, this particular episode, I was I saw previews of it, but I listened to the Joe Budden podcast where he had Pusha T on there, and they're talking about the whole him and Drake thing. But the weird thing about the interview was like Drake was kind of talking about how he got to the whole issue with Pusha T and all that shit, 
and there was a weird moment where he asked uh, LeBron, like, he talked about a conversation they had about, did I let you down? And it was just a weird, it was kind of awkward. It's like almost like a father-son conversation. Like, if you ever see Kev on this dude, Kev on stage on Facebook, he has a video about it. I'll put it on the podcast page on Facebook later on. But he has a video talking about how LeBron James sounded like Drake the dad in that moment, which is weird. Because there's like a weird parallel to LeBron James and um, Drake, if you look at it. Their careers take off. LeBron James obviously had um, Drake as far as career taking off, but their careers take off and everybody loves them. But some people hate them because they're good at a lot of different things in their genre, like Drake can rap and sing and write for other people, even though there's ghostwriting rumors going on about him. But Drake can rap, he can sing, and he writes. And then LeBron James does everything on the basketball court. And because they do things so well and they're so successful, people hate them for being able to do all those things. It's just a weird parallel they have, both being superstars and being hated and all that shit. But anyway, um, in their conversation, it kind of looked like LeBron was the father figure to Drake. Crazy. Check out the shop. It's, it's really interesting. The dude on there with LeBron, uh, Maverick, who uh, was asking a lot of questions, good at what he's doing, but he's hella annoying with the way he asks questions and his voice. He, asks, he talks a fucking lot. Like, I understand you're part of whatever, whatever's going on with LeBron and all that shit, but you are the last person in that room I want to hear from. A question or two from you, maybe, that's cool. And maybe because I'm not involved in the industry, I don't know who Maverick is, but I don't really want to hear him fucking talk that much. You're in a room full of athletes and uh, entertainers. You're the last person I want to hear talk. I want to hear LeBron talk to other athletes and entertainers and celebrities. Personal opinion. But it's a shop. I don't know when it comes on HBO. I just know it comes on maybe once a month. There's two episodes in right now. But it's dope. It's an inside look at the industry, whatever. But check it out if you're into LeBron and rap music and other shit. Now, before I leave, you know what I do. You know what I do. You know what I got to do. Go get my belt, Houston Texan fans, in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, I was tempted to give my belt to get the good old ass whooping back to my city because all the foolishness going on there. But this is going to supersede that. Y'all know how I feel about the violence at home. I'm tired of hearing about this shit. But in connection with the violence at home, if you are not from Jacksonville, Florida, do not go in there thinking you you can act a certain type of way. Now, it's not a city. It's just full of thugs and violent people. There's good, hardworking people there. It's kind of like, for me to describe it, it's kind of like Boston and New Orleans, how everybody from that city is kind of on one accord. It's like, it's a blue-collar city. It's like from Detroit. It's like being from Detroit or some shit, or being from Chicago or being from New York. Like, everybody in that city is kind of, you got a kind of edge to you depending on where you grew up. Like, and this goes across racial lines. Like, white boys in Jacksonville whoop your ass. And this white man in Houston, well, I, he may be from Houston. He may live there and just be a fan. But this Houston Texan fan found that shit out at the Jaguars game today. And I don't know when this was happening. I'm going to assume it was towards the end when the Jags were getting their ass whooped. Because I'm pretty sure that's why tension will be that high. But apparently there was a man in the stands. And he was with his... His, I guess his wife or a female Texans fan. And from what I can hear in the video, apparently the woman with the guy threw her beer on this dude. So they're standing up, and the guy's arguing with somebody to his left. This guy's coming across a couple people to, to speak to him, argue with him from his left. 
and then there's a guy in front of him approaching him. And they're arguing and shit, and I don't know if it was the woman that said something that got the man pissed off, because I can't see his face. He's facing forward, and the other guy's coming on his left side. But to where this guy, I'm, I'm, he knows he's there because he just talked to him. But he's talking to the guy in front of him, or he's standing there. I don't know what he's doing. The woman's talking, and next thing I know, boom, the guy drops him. And it's and a punch and a push, and the guy falls face first on the steps in the stadium and shit. And everybody's like, oh. And, yeah, man, we may not have won the game, <laughs> but we won the fight, goddammit. And it goes like that sometimes. So if you go into Texas and you got on Jaguar shit, I advise that you don't do that because they don't fuck around in Houston either. So you might not want to do that because I would be out for blood if I was them too. But just to be warning, like, hey, don't come to Jacksonville with that bullshit. Especially after y'all just whooped their ass. And women, any woman listens to this as a husband, as a father. Please don't put your man in a situation where he's going to have to get his ass whooped for some shit you did. I understand we're supposed to stick up for y'all and that's our job to be guardians. I get that and agree 100%. We should be guardians. That's our job. That's part of our function. It's hardwired into our DNA to protect our women and our children. I get that 100%. But please, please, don't put your man in a situation where he's surrounded by people that are not on the same side as him and he can get his ass whooped because of some shit you did. That's all I got on that. That's all I got on that. That's all. Houston Texan fans. Houston Texan fans. In Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. In the stadium. In the stadium. Go get my belt. Even though you got your ass whooped there, I owe you one myself. We hitting buckle first this time, goddammit. But yeah, man, that's it. Make your next day your best day, man. Be better tomorrow than you were today. Learn some shit. Don't be stupid, man. No playing this ride at gmail.com if you want to hit me. No play 247 on Twitter. It's capital N, lowercase o, capital P L A Y. No play 247 on Twitter. No playing this ride Facebook page, man. I'm on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. So if you got somebody that's, I don't have an iPhone. Yes, you can. You can't not listen to my shit. I'm everywhere. You got a computer, YouTube, SoundCloud, all that shit. Listen, share, and go get your goddamn flu shot. Don't be out here getting other people sick. If you don't agree with getting your flu shot, send me reasons why so I can talk about it on my next episode, goddammit. But for now, I'm out. Move on till we die. Peace.